0: The National Institute of Standards and Technology is looking to revise the cybersecurity framework, perhaps by the end of 2017. Responding to an executive order issued by President Obama in February 2013, NIST, a year later, published the cybersecurity framework based on existing standards, guidelines, and practices to reduce cyber risks to the IT systems of critical infrastructure. This past April, NIST held a workshop to assess from stakeholders how they use the framework, whether it should be updated, how cybersecurity best practices are shared, and how the framework should be governed in the future. I caught up with Matt Barrett. He's Program Manager at NIST for the Cybersecurity Framework, Barrett says adoption of the framework is gaining momentum, not just by critical infrastructure organizations, but by other types of enterprises. He cites surveys by Tenable and Gartner that show about 30% of enterprises queried have evaluated or adopted the framework.
1: The uptake has been quite nice. What we're seeing is that it's clearly valuable in critical infrastructure. There are lots of critical infrastructure entities that use framework, but there's also entities outside of critical infrastructure. That are electing, you know, voluntarily. This is all voluntary. That are electing to use framework. So clearly, they see value as well.
0: The update to the cybersecurity framework would not be a major overhaul. It would be a minor revision that refines and clarifies existing components of the framework.
1: Just to be clear, we're not headed toward a version 2.0 right now. We're definitely not. We're headed to something that's more like a
0: 1.1. Barrett provides an example on how the framework could be revised.
1: We've been receiving feedback all along that implementation tiers, we'd like to hear more about that. We'd like to get more clarity about that. We'd like to understand how implementation tiers are or are not linked to the framework core itself. Without changing properties of the core and without changing properties of the implementation tiers, we can provide additional verbiage from the version 1.0 document, additional verbiage on what an implementation tier is, how one might go about measuring it, how one might use the categories or the subcategories of the core as an indicator of where they are at relative to an implementation tier. We could
0: try to clarify those things. Marich says he's pulling experts a coalition of a million half-timers, as he puts it, from this new Applied Cybersecurity Division and other agency units to help revise the framework.
1: Those million half-timers, they have their specialties. I'm interacting with uh, Vicki Pilateri. She has a huge amount of smart grid expertise and DOE entree. When I'm interacting with uh, John Boyens, he's got the supply chain expertise and he has a, a large amount of insurance experience in his background. You know, you could keep on going down the list. Chris Johnson and his special publication, 800 Cyber Threat Indicators. That's relevant to a roadmap area framework and the larger topic of threat and how it fits into things. It goes on and on and on, that list.
0: Larry Clinton is chief executive officer of the industry group Internet Security Alliance. He praises the cybersecurity framework as an important process to make organizations IT safer. But he wonders if organizations investing in the framework will get their money's worth
2: to develop the framework was, I think, by all measures, well received by industry, by government, and I think it's really the model for how the public-private partnership, which we all agree needs to be implemented, ought to be worked. The area that I frankly just cannot understand the resistance to is the testing of the framework. And I appreciate that testing is hard, but we test hard things all the time. Testing for cost-effectiveness is hard, but every federal regulation goes through a cost-effectiveness test. We don't of you know, all of our goals perfectly laid out, but we are certainly able to do a test of the framework to lay down some markers and try to make some progress so that we can tell small business in particular, these are the elements of the framework that are most likely to be cost effective for you to implement. Because right now, small businesses look at it, they see 92 subcategories and say, you know, this is way over my head. This is designed for the IBMs of the world. I'm not doing it. If we followed through on what's in the executive order and prioritized these things and demonstrated cost-effectiveness, and provided incentives where they are appropriate, I think we could get much better uptake of this voluntary framework that we all embrace.
0: Barrett says he's heard such critiques from Clinton as well as some stakeholders who attended the workshop that evaluated the cybersecurity framework.
1: I hear two things at both out of the event and from time to time in proximity to this. There's the cost effectiveness thread and then there is the measurement thread. Now on the measurement front, many times when people are asking me about measuring the risk reduction, for instance, inherent to cybersecurity framework, they're thinking, I implemented framework this year and this year I reduced my successful cyber attacks by 5.6%. They're expecting something along those order. My answer to that crowd is, Those technical measures are most directly connected to the technical security controls. So when you're operating at that technical measure level, you're operating at a level of abstraction below the framework, actually at the level of abstraction of a controls catalog, be it COVID or the ISO 27001 Appendix A or 853 Special Publication, you know, one of those. The framework is about the business process of cybersecurity risk management. It's about doing the gap analysis and prior prioritizing such that you can see, I'm overspending over here, I'm underspending over here relative to my priorities which are composite of the legislation regulation I'm beholden to, my, my business objectives, my threat profile, and I'm going to reallocate those resources in a smart way. When you do that, first of all, how could you not be cost effective when you do that? <laughs> Using age-old time-tested techniques like gap analysis and prioritization as a basis for your resource allocation, how could you not be cost-effective? And secondly, the measurement of that is not going to be a technical measure. It's more of a business process measure. So the answer is you absolutely can measure it, but it's really in order to enable, it's all in order to stage that great technical thing that you're going to do that's
0: more at the controls level. One other thing that came out of the discussions with stakeholders, NIST, for the foreseeable future, should continue to govern the cybersecurity framework. When the framework was devised two years ago, it was envisioned that eventually someone other than NIST, probably an industry-led group with government participation, would take over the governance of the framework. But stakeholders, including many from the private sector, don't necessarily want NIST to relinquish its leadership over the framework.
1: and it's quite the compliment, a lot of parties expressed their comfort with NIST as the party leading the framework evolution and maintenance. We sensed that people were comfortable with us, but we wanted to also give folks the opportunity to say, no, I I fancy a multi-party leadership. Here's a role for public sector. Here's a role for private sector. There weren't too many parties that came forward with opinions like that. In, In fact, hardly anybody came forward. There were a few with opinions like that. So we've started, you know, our internal dialogue in this around that topic has turned a little bit more toward what does a healthy ecosystem look like for framework? What sort of process is there to nominate things for inclusion in framework? What parties nominate those things? What parties adjudicate those things? What sort of update cycle and periodicity of all of this makes sense so that we don't inadvertently stifle framework use by going too fast or too slow? And which parties are gonna participate in that process all throughout? So we've started thinking
0: about it more like that. You'll hear more from this Matt Barrett about the Cybersecurity Framework in a future segment. He'll discuss how the Cybersecurity Framework facilitates communication among technical and non-technical managers and executives who must collaborate to keep their enterprise's IT systems secure. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro.